Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a sermon with guest speaker Dr. Yishar Hess of World Zionist Organization. Last June, I had the zechut, the merit, to visit Jerusalem with several of my cantorial colleagues from the Cantor's Assembly, leaders from all over the world, including one colleague who has, since retirement, made Aliyah and lives now in Tel Aviv. And among the many people who guided our delegation was Dr. Yitzhar Hess. As we visited the Knesset and the mayor's office in Jerusalem to meet with the deputy mayor, and so on and so forth throughout our visit. What Dr. Hess reminded us at the time in June 2022 is that we were in a place of optimism. Optimism about what could be, about what the government was and was trying to build at the time, but also that it was a fragile optimism and it turned out to be even more fragile than we thought. Fragile especially for the people in the center, in the Merkaz, which is exactly who and what Yitzhar represents. Dr. Yitzhar Hess has a BA in political science. He's a member of the bar in Israel. He got his PhD in England, in Brighton. So you'll hear his beautiful and prolific way of speaking, which I know some of you did already at one rally here in Los Angeles. You've gotten rave reviews already from some of our congregants who were there. And he's also served as a shaliach here in Tucson in the United States, and for 13 years as a leader in the Masorti movement as its executive director in Israel. And among many, many other things, he's a 10th generation Jerusalemite, married to a former colonel in the army, Yael. They have two children, Achyad and Micha, who, and all of them live in, I think all of you still live in Modin? Yeah, there you And he is the vice chairman of the World Zionist Organization. When I dreamed up something very small, met whom some of you heard sing just a little bit today, and I hope many more will hear this evening. I know, because over 100 of you have already RSVP'd, and others of you said, I'm coming, I'm coming. So, very Jewish. Uh, we had a small dream, Yahalah, we met on that mission, that very delegation. And we had a small dream to bring her here so we could hear some of the music that has been born of that movement, that has been born of the very people who lead. She's a Paitanit in that Tanuah, in that movement in Israel, among egalitarian uh, traditional Jews in Israel. And it grew into an opportunity for Yitzhar to come here and speak with us and share Torah with us and speak about Shutafut and partnership with us this morning. So it's a great honor and a pleasure to not only have Yitar here with us this morning as Darshan, but also as friend, as personal friend, as friend to this community and to so many communities here in Los Angeles where he spent the week. Dr. Hess, welcome to our Bima. 
Baruch Abba to our congregation, and the Bima is yours. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Cantor Journey, for the wonderful, warm, and kind words, and uh, thank you, Rabbi Schatz. Uh, it's a true delight to be here with you at uh, Betam. I feel at home here. And uh, uh, I must tell you that uh, with your Cantor, as you heard, I was fortunate to spend uh, quite a few intense days in Israel just uh, uh, recently when she led uh, uh, the Cantor's assembly mission, leadership mission to Israel to lobby, to help us lobby in Israel for Jewish pluralism. So uh, when I'm here with uh, Rabbi Schatz and Cantor Chorney and uh, with Rabbi Klickfeld that is not here with us uh, this morning, but uh, that I know for uh, many years and now with Rabbi Renbaum also that uh, join us. I, I really, I know, I not only feel that uh, Betham is so blessed with wonderful, wonderful clergy. Uh, and a word for Justin, special uh, mazal tov for uh, his wonderful bar mitzvah and the drush indeed was so inspiring, kol akavod. And uh, a special Shabbat Shalom also to everyone from the Pressman Academy who are joining us here today. For 13 years, up until a little more than two years ago, I was the CEO of the Masorti Movement in Israel. Today I am the Vice Chairman of the World Zionist Organization, the same organization that Herzl founded in 1897 in Basel. Actually, I need to thank you for electing me to this position. <laughs> I represent Merkaz. It's the Masorti conservative slate for the Zionist Congress. And I mentioned Theodor Herzl, and before we dive into this week's parasha, I'd like to share with you that as a devoted Zionist that I am, standing in front of you today is a heartbroken Israeli. As I'm sure you follow in the news, we are in the midst of an unprecedented political and constitutional crisis. For the last 12, year, 12 weeks, I'm running from a demonstration to a rally to another demonstration carrying the Israeli flag. It's impossible to talk about Zionism today, about Israel today, and for me, even about this week's parasha, without finding a way to connect to the happenings in Israel in the last two months. So I'd like to use this week's parasha, Vaikra, to talk about Herzl and Zionism, the state of Israel and Judaism, and what should we take from Herzl's vision to today's political debate that has been tearing Israel apart. So let's talk about this week's parasha. One needs to admit that you can't read this Torah portion without feeling some discomfort. The parasha deals with sacrifices, the laws of animal sacrifice. It explains what and how to sacrifice. It differentiates. Between, between the different sacrifices, what is to compensate for a guilt, what would to compensate for a sin. It distinguishes between this commitment that uh, uh, as, uh, uh, what, what was done intentionally, what was done unintentionally, and for what purpose. You read it and can't stop thinking, not about the sins, but I'm sure that many of us did, but of course about the animals the ones who were slaughtered there one after the other in the temple in Jerusalem. 
מן הבהמה, מן הבקר ומן הצאן, תקריבו את קורבניכם. You shall bring your offering of the cattle, of the herd, of the flock. Not an easy sight. The blood all over, the yelling, the smell. It's true, some of the parts and the good ones were put on the grill and fed the priests and the families, so there was perhaps some good barbecue aroma too. <laughs> But the overall feeling you have when you read this way of worship in ancient world is, as I can say in an understatement uh, before, you feel discomfort. To feel discomfort, is it necessarily bad? I'm not sure. Sometimes, from that place of feeling this uncomfortable, new things develop. Furthermore, from an existential point of view, feeling uncomfortable is almost mandatory to create change. Abraham wasn't comfortable with the idols when he broke them. Moses, Moshe, wasn't comfortable, couldn't stand the slavery of his people and rebelled. And in our current history, we can say that It was the feel of severe discomfort that the Vienna journalist Theodor Herzl felt when he was covering the Dreyfus trial in Paris in 1894 that led him to be the undeniable prophet of Zionism and the state of Israel. So discomfort is sometimes crucial when change is needed. We owe so much to Herzl's discomfort of the 19th century Jewish life in Europe. Theodor Herzl, as we know, did not invent Zionism. He joined a movement that already existed. Yet, in the seven years that he led the Zionist movement, only seven, he died in 1904, he was 44 back then. In those seven years that he led the Zionist movement, he did something that dramatically changed the nature of the movement, as well as the ability so efficiently to change Jewish history. And what was, the, and what was it that Herzl brought to the Zionist movement? Politics and democracy. Herzl politicized the Zionist idea and made sure that it would be a democratic entity. Democratic in its actions and the way it elects its delegates and democratic in its values. He created a structure that still exists. It's the Zionist Congress and the National Institution. He created a structure, a political mechanism that would allow Jews from all over the world with different outlooks and different walks of life to democratically find common, a common ground and, and, and to achieve something that is very concrete. How concrete? Well, less than 50 years after Herzl passed away, the state of Israel was established. Fairly concrete. So Zionism, democracy, and politics. Herzl taught us that we should not look down on politics. Yes, we need to make sure that the discussion is conducted properly, that the discourse is not divisive, but we should not be afraid of talking about politics and doing politics. So within that context and with caution, I want to share with you something that you already know. The debate we have now in Israel is not over who is in power. The right wing and the orthodox parties won the elections. No one denies it. 
but rather over the democratic nature of the Zionist endeavor, over nothing less than the soul of the state of Israel. And I am worried. I'm worried about the possible of change of Chokashvut, the law of return. I'm worried about the status of conservative and reform conversions. I am worried about the egalitarian Kotel, but most of all, and more importantly than all of the above, I'm worried about changes in our judicial system. Changes that called by this government a reform, but in fact, but practically, amount nothing less than a regime change. As a Masorti Jew, as a Zionist who believes that Judaism does not contradict democracy nor equality, we believe in the concept of Jewish and democratic state, a democratic and Jewish state. These are our core values of conservative Masorti Jews. What do we do in Israel? You saw it in the news. We demonstrate. We cry out loud. We do civil activism, even pushing the envelope when, when needed. Last Thursday, 90 people, some of them I know, 90 people were arrested for blocking the roads, carrying the Israeli flag. What can you do from here? So firstly, speak up. As long as you talk from love, we need your voice to be heard. Israel needs you. Israel is the nation state of the Jewish people, and it could mean many things, but one thing for sure it means that you have a stake in the game. It's yours too. Jews around the world, and especially in the United States, have to play in this discussion about Israel's possible transformation from a liberal democracy to something else. After all, for decades, the US-Israeli alliance, the Israel relationship with American Jews have both, have both been strongly rooted in the fact that both nations are liberal democracies. How then, how then true friends supported Israel so many years can do nothing else than crying out loud, loud to help Israel now? To see Israel's government advancing reform that could spell the end of Israel's democracy? After all, you heard our Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, in his own voice for years, bragging about Israel's Supreme Court and emphasizes, and I'm quoting, a strong and independent court allows for the existence of all other institutions in a democracy. End of quote. I am worried. I am so deeply worried. I'm worried because the change in Israel, in Israel's democratic nature, will have extensive consequences. One such of consequence is a strategic, even existential. Israel needs American support to remain the military superpower it is today. So no less important is the fact that a Jewish state that isn't a democratic will quickly transform from a dynamic, fascinating place, loved despite its flaws, into a place that Jews will feel the need to distance themselves from in order to maintain their Jewish identity. 
Because one can be proud of a Jewish and democratic state, one will have it harder time being proud of a Jewish state that is not a democracy. Committed Zionists, like myself, recognize this danger and will fight to ensure democracy remains the integral part of the Zionist vision that it has always been from Herzl times up until today. We talked previously about discomfort that many of us feel when we read the parasha and other Torah portions about the korbanot, about the sacrifices. Well, let us use this discomfort like our ancestor did before us to fix, to build, to mend, to repair. We need to join forces. We, the Israelis who demonstrate in Israel today, this Mosei Shabbat, now as we speak, there are hundreds of thousands, more than 600,000, yes, more than half a million, 600,000 uh, 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 in the Kaplan Street and other places in Israel. We need to join forces. We need the Israelis who demonstrate in Israel and you who live here and care for Israel and love for Israel, speak up, talk, write. Write to people you know in Israel, to friends, to family. Write letters to the editor. Write to the Israeli politicians. You can find easily their emails in the Knesset website. Engage with people here that have influence in Israel. Anyone involved in pro-Israel organization knows how strategically important the alliance between Israel and the US. Many of you were trained to engage people to strengthen these ties. Well. This is the time to put this knowledge to those who have the ability to influence, to knock on the doors of your Jewish leaders and organizations, social, political, religious, and cultural, ask them, demand that they will use their influence. Israel needs your help. If you love Israel, please be dugri. <laughs> Don't be shy. Israelis, as you know, do not understand understatements. <laughs> In my role today as the World Zionist Organization uh, Vice Chair representing Merkaz, I see every day how Israel-Diaspora relations are critical for the future of the people of Israel. And it's a joint venture. You here, us there, like Babel, Yerushalayim, like Babylon and Jerusalem, the Jewish people have two centers. This is Jewish peoplehood. Almost half of the Jewish people live here in North America. Almost half of the Jewish people live in Israel. Are we big enough to afford such a rift? On behalf of the Zionist movement, on behalf of Merkaz, and from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. Chavirim, as I said, it's a joint task. As people who care for Israel from both sides of the ocean, is to strengthen each other. I know that here at Temple Betham, we have true partners for this important task. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Betham, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.